0: Hello, and welcome to Stomp, Death, and Taxes. This one's going to be a little different today. I'm talking about expertise, definitions, and credibility. Originally, I was going to talk about the NBER and them not declaring a recession yet, even though we've had two quarters of real GDP Lack of growth, uh, -growth, disgrowth, ungrowth, decrease. Um, And we'll probably have another quarter of the real GDP going down, third quarter, at which point, what will they do? I was thinking of going through their notes going back to 1979. They have all of their announcements, their letters, where they say yes or no, or when they actually declared the official recessions going through history so we have the record and I can look at you know what was the lag and I was going to do that it was going to be very wonky but who really cares and it's August and I decided to pontificate instead um, and I was going to go back over a few years because every so often I get cranky. Um, well, I'm always cranky, uh, but I'm just getting tired of the so-called experts. And some of them, yes, are experts in a particular area. And they're just getting very touchy about why, why are the people not really taking our expertise seriously anymore? Well, they haven't been taking your expertise seriously for years. And frankly, it's deserved. And there's a variety of reasons why. Um and i went back i knew i had written about this years before and actually i wrote about this five years ago in 2017 in a post called the murder suicide of expertise i'll drop a link in the related links on the post that goes with the podcast on substack Um, and let me read an excerpt from this post here are the hallmarks of why experts and i put scare quotes around experts are not being trusted so first, the experts that are paraded as experts are not all that expert. They're well credentialed, but deeply ignorant. The experts lack intellectual humility. They hold on to wrong claims far past reasonability as a result and make overconfident pronouncements. The experts are intellectually dishonest and the experts aren't the people who get hurt by what they get wrong. Remember, I wrote that in 2017, and you can actually go back and see what I was writing about at the time. And then I go on a little longer because it wasn't just about the experts, because, of course, how do you hear about the experts? You hear about the experts because the media cover them. You know, they, they're paraded on TV, they get quoted in newspapers, news media, etc. So it's usually via media of some sort, so I'm quoting myself again, and the grand gatekeepers drove the knife in, and that's, you know, the murder-suicide of expertise, remember, for reasons similar to that of the suicide of expertise. Many media people are deeply ignorant and can't tell credible experts from know-nothing phonies. The media needs eyeballs, so intellectually dishonest, as well as overconfident experts, make for a better show. It's not the media people who get hurt by the sensationalism they peddle. The thing is, being able to play around with words and to spin stories does sell very well. The boring expert who says, there is no nifty, risk-free trick to making pensions cheaper, there's always a trade-off, will be outdone by the bombastic person yelling, they want us to die. And again, that was 2017, the want us to die. So can you think of some people who go on and on about, they want us to die over 2020, 2021, and 2022? That may sound familiar. And then in 2021, I wrote a post, an elegy for the, again, scare quotes, experts and for memory. And that was where Washington Post went back and changed some things in an article about Tom Cotton. And uh, I'm going to quote myself again. I am annoyed if these people just admitted they were wrong in the past and will try not to make such mistakes in the future. That would go a long way in establishing future credibility. That many people have decided to take the, Nuh-uh, I never wrote that, route has made it much easier for me to carve down who I will actually pay attention to. So, scare quotes, experts, if you wonder why people aren't paying attention to your profound pronouncements after you, you have scrubbed your past, you were the ones who decided your credibility was really most sincerely dead. Not me, not others. You did that. I don't want to hear any whining about what you did to yourselves and that's the thing about credibility it's really easy to destroy credibility it's actually not a big thing to get things wrong and i noticed that since i was in school um so yeah i got a reputation in school can you imagine at, at being a know-it-all can you imagine uh, as a kid I used to read the encyclopedia for fun. I'm not joking. My parents, I shouldn't say my parents. Let's put the blame where it really belongs. My father bought three sets of encyclopedias the year I was born. He was a sucker for door-to-door salesmen. He bought two regular sets of encyclopedias. One I didn't really like very much. It was kind of boring. And you're going to say, what? Boring encyclopedias? It was the style in which it was written. The other one I actually liked a lot, and I did have favorite volumes. I liked G because uh, Greek mythology was in G. And P, uh, the volume P had psychology in it because it had optical illusions and it had pictures and it was really cool. The other one was more like an Encyclopedia Britannica style. It was not Encyclopedia Britannica. It was cheaper than that. Um, but it was very dry and it was kind of boring and it didn't have good pictures in it. But the third set of encyclopedias was really cool. It was a science encyclopedia set. Um, Of course, all of these got out of date pretty quickly, but I used them all the time and I read them through, but I was like the know-it-all in school. And even though a lot of the facts in these encyclopedias did go out of date, especially the science set, um, rather rapidly, I was kind of like the resource in class of being the know-it-all. And I did get it wrong quite a bit and I would get corrected by the teacher and I would... I would actually have to go to the library and check newer encyclopedias and new references, this is pre-internet, and find out I was wrong and then come back to the class and correct it. I actually did um, find I was wrong quite a lot. But when I found out that I was wrong and then admitted to being wrong and then correcting my mistake, I found I got even more credibility for knowing it all. I'm not joking. And this happened all the time, um, especially in high school, in nerd school. Uh, so, just letting people know being wrong is not a big deal, uh, especially if you correct your mistakes publicly, trying to hide your mistakes, and people will catch you out on it, at it. And that's what's happening right now with the recession brouhaha. So, first off, People, the, the problem is they're right. Two quarters of GDP going down in a row, real GDP going down in a row is not the definition of recession. That's actually true. That was just an easy rule of thumb to get a quick result. Um, NBER never used that definition. It just correlates very well. And I mean, I actually looked it up and I'm like, oh, that's right. Uh, that said, people are going back in stealth editing, but it's not very stealth. People can see you do it. Then people went into Wikipedia and tried to redefine the word definition, though I think some of that is a joke of people making fun of those redefining definition. Though, if we go back to the OED, Oxford English Dictionary, when you actually see how they came up with definitions. And I do recommend, uh, if you wanna get a little start on what dictionaries actually are and what they do, because a lot of people use it as, this is the final arbiter, this is what the words actually mean, and this is how it's used in the English language. And, And it's used dictionaries mean different things in different languages but in the english language and whether it's american english or british english which is the oed uh, though they do use american english examples um it's not prescriptive meaning this is what it really means or this isn't a real world word or you know it's fake word what does what does fake word even mean but i'll get back to that it's descriptive it's what A lot of people agree a word means and how it's regularly been used and whether it's in regular use the whole point of it is a historical record of when a word came into use how it's been used throughout history in written material primarily though um, i believe they've expanded it into recorded use in general so it can be you know spoken use and that kind of thing how the spelling has changed how the meanings have changed and that's the whole point point. and the professor and the madman um, it explains and it's it's very short i highly recommend this book uh, it you know has human interests the madman is an american who had been in the civil war a doctor dr minor and he ended up uh, in the uk and murdered a man. And unfortunately, the, um, the American was criminally insane. I mean, he was found in trial to be criminally insane. Um, and he was, you know, when you go through the biographical notes, he was obviously, uh, I would say, schizophrenic. And, but intellectually, he could work on the dictionary as a volunteer. And there were other volunteers, but the method in which he approached uh, was very useful to the dictionary, because the whole point was they needed to find early examples of the use in print of various words. And so uh, this man compiled, uh, I think it's, again, I might have the name wrong, Dr. Minor compiled the words uh, through these antiquarian books that he had. Um, And he was very methodical about it. And the whole point was you needed to have good examples of use of the word where it was illustrative of how, you know, different senses of the word. And what was really cool was getting good examples of simple words, words like get or take, Um, not unusual, unusual words. And, of course, a lot of the volunteers were looking for uh, you know the multi very unusual words. That's what people thought the dictionary was supposed to be about um, Helping you understand what hard words difficult words were about anyway um, I'm getting very far from the point you can kind of see this is the kind of thing. I liked as a kid actually when I was a kid So I didn't read okay. Yes, I did read dictionaries, but not normal dictionaries um, so uh, when I went off to nerd camp, and yes, I did go to nerd camp. There was something called Cty. Um, someone had something was an American slang dictionary, and yes, the whole point of it was so that we could look up dirty words because normal dictionaries didn't have the dirty words in them, um, but this one did. Now, this wasn't a very large slang dictionary. We have Urban Dictionary online currently, which is very helpful, especially for if you're old and you want to know what the kids, the youths, are uh, talking about. Um, it's very helpful yeah yeet yeah if you want to know what if you're an old person and you want to know what yeet is and what's hilarious is of course yeet is old slang now it's not even current slang I I had to look up oh geez what is the thing no cap no cap fr fr um, yeah I had to look up that recently because I am old I'm not using this in re- regular speech but I'm trying to understand with what the kids today are talking about uh, just so that you're not missing um, being the butt of a joke. Uh, And also to be able to embarrass your children, um, not that they're necessarily using these things. I just want to understand the jokes, that's all. In any case, um, so I had this American slang dictionary. And what was funny is, of course, there's nothing that goes out of date as fast as slang in general some slang words do hang around like dis that was from my childhood Dis for disrespect from disrespect i think came around in the 70s or 80s and um that's still around or psych well psych might not be psych out uh, might not be used anymore i'm not sure but a lot of like drug slang and stuff is not around anymore what's interesting though is um that was a re- relatively small book and recently i had gotten a four volume set from a library sale of like um american regional uh, uh, slang and um vernacular dictionary it's huge dermid has written all over it and it's got a lot of stuff okay so yes i'm sorry i'm getting way off the point um but the whole point of these dictionaries is you're trying to compile words people actually use and how do they use it the whole point of recession is that uh, business is you know economic growth it's not growing it's contracting that's all Uh, gdp is one of many measures that can be used with regards to economic activity Um, So, yes, sometimes people use recession as two consecutive quarters of decreasing real GDP. Um, That really is a definition for some of them, but that's not what NBER uses. Um, Doing all this squabbling in, in public is undermining any kind of, not NBERs, credibility. They've just been doing what they always have been doing. Um, But the people who have always used this two-quarter rule of thumb so that they don't have to sit around waiting for NBER to um, make their determination, because I remember over the years, I remember being annoyed by NBER and having to wait for them for like official recession announcements. We would just you know, go like, okay, well, we know it's going to be coming. So I'm just going to mark it down on my spreadsheet. And, you know, when they have their official announcement of the specific month in which it began, okay, you know, then I'll update it. But for right now, I'll put a temporary, like provisional marking in. Um, and then the people who had always been doing that stopped doing that because politically they didn't like it. Well, you just lost credibility because you have no... pre principles now um, and it's so obvious it's it's just so obvious that you're not being consistent in your approach and you are doing this because you don't like the result so not correcting mistakes and just pretending or trying to correct them on the slide, that's number one changing your behavior when you don't like the results. So rather than letting the result come through and just saying, okay, because I don't like the result, I'm just going to change how I do it. That doesn't build credibility. And then you wonder why people don't consider you credible. Someone yesterday uh, in my direct messages in Twitter was apologizing to me for just asking questions about some of the death data and the death statistics that we we pull from cdc wonder and um you know some of the stuff in the provisional database was looking kind of weird to them and you know and i said well okay there are issues with the provisional database in that certain numbers change a lot and this is why i don't Share any analysis of that kind of slice because I know it moves a lot from month to month. I do some stuff with that data for my paid work because I have to do estimates and other things like that. And I don't do it in the blog um, because I would have to sit down and explain way too much and it does move around a lot. Um, I do have to make estimates for work because sometimes we have to make forecasts. We have to do these kinds of things. Um, and I just, I don't want to have to keep moving these things around but it's okay to ask me questions you don't have to take my say-so for anything I don't expect anyone to just because uh, I'm not gonna go strutting around like because I'm an actuary you should believe me Uh, there's no reason Uh, taking that attitude of saying well I'm the expert you should believe me well I should be I should be justifying, here's my spreadsheets. Here are the approaches I've taken. This is where actuarial standards of practice, especially number 41, which is communications, where it says, you know, I have to tell you the assumptions I made. I can't just hide my work and say, well, you should just believe me. Um, No, you shouldn't just believe me. This is why I share my spreadsheets. This is why I put it on all my posts. And actually, I know very few people actually download my stuff or look at it. There is one and only one person I know always looks at it. And I'm not gonna make you wait around to hear who that person is. It's me. It's me like a couple months later because I will have to update my spreadsheet or I need to look at it to see was I wrong or did I screw something up. Um, I do go back and look. Uh, Sometimes I did make a mistake and I have to go and fix it. Um, And you'll see that in some of my old posts where it will say update. Um, because I screwed something up. Most of the time, it's not material. Um, you know, maybe one column or, you know, just one of the categories was off a little, and that's happened. I Most of the time, it's, I mislabeled something, like mislabeled a category, and it's really not something material. The numbers are the same. I just mislabeled a graph. Um, you know, that happens. But you have to have professionalism. You can't just say, trust me, Um, You have to build that trust and the trust has been destroyed from official quote experts. They have to start from scratch and they can't take an attitude about it. They need to recognize if people are to trust you, you are going to have to give them a reason to trust you. You have to show your work. You have to admit mistakes. And you have to give them something to look at that people can say. And you can't get huffy about people asking questions. Yes, some of the questions are nuts and you don't have to answer every nutty question that comes your way. But just the fact that people are asking questions is not a reason to get huffy that they shouldn't be questioning you because you have credentials. That's not how it works. Okay. You're not the better person. You need to build that credibility. You need to build that trust. Um, You know, maybe you think you're right. You might not be right. The intellectual humility doesn't come from you being better than other people. The intellectual humility comes from the fact you are human. You are limited. You may be wrong about reality. You may be wrong about the truth and you need to go and check. That's why I go back. We are human. We make mistakes. It's okay, it's okay to realize that. So just, you know, be reasonable. Okay, yeah, this is my version of the silly month in August, okay? So that's, okay, I can get much sillier than this. This is not that silly, but I'm just like punch you in the face, okay? You know, it's there's no big deal in saying, yes, maybe I'm wrong, and it's okay. I understand there's a limit to how many questions you're going to answer but it's not a a hit on your dignity as a quote expert to have to say, well, how do you support your conclusions? Okay, share your work, show your data. It's not a secret. There you go. Thank you. (laughs) I'm on vacation next week, so I'm not gonna be doing nothing. Okay, so see y'all, enjoy.